0: Good morning. My name's Mele. I'm going to be leading us through our scripture this morning. We're um, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. All right. Thank you, Mele and Jason. That was kind of cool. The Martinez's uh, dynamic duo. Um, and, um, well, good morning. Um, I was actually scrambling right before I came up here. That's why I, uh, I had a cough drop in my mouth. And then my wife had to help me find something to Put it in. Um, so anyway, I'm a little off. Um, I know PMI, right? Um, uh, anyway, great to have you all here this morning. Um, my name is Dave. I'm the I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson, and. Uh, um, just a heads up, if you're new or you've never heard me preach before, I have a speech impediment. And um, so just want to make sure you know what that is. It's not allergies or anything. Um, although one time actually someone did in full seriousness, um, kind of a more like granola kind of person, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Some of you are in this room, um, fit that category, and it's cool. Um, but she fully straight faced um, asked if it was a glue. Gluten allergy. If my stutter was connected to gluten, um, and that's taken a little far, all right? Like we have gluten-free uh, c- c- communion, just so you know, if you've ever wondered. We do love our gluten-sensitive neighbors with that, but we draw the line somewhere. Um, you can't blame everything on it. Right. Um, Anyway, so uh, uh, good to good to be here together to get back into our time in Ephesians chapter two um, this morning. So if you have a Bible, please go ahead and turn with me there to Ephesians two. And um, also, if you uh, don't have a Bible, would you hold your hand up high and keep it up, and somebody will um, get you one? Okay, we want to make sure everyone has a copy of God's Word they can follow along with and read. Y en español, si quieres la Biblia y no tienes, um, por favor lev- 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 levanta su mano y diga español. Y um, si no tienes una Biblia, eso es un regalo a usted. Y esta mañana estamos en Efesios capítulo 2. Um, so again, I want to make sure everyone has a Bible they can uh, read and follow along with. And this is our gift to you, okay? If you don't already own one, uh, please uh, consider this our gift to you. Um, And hopefully you all caught there's some really important things that we um, that we shared before and everyone did a great job of walking through those. So I don't need to kind of do the pastor thing and like re communicate what's already been said. But again, really big things. I'll highlight again just quickly, though, Guatemala meeting um and the um also the roots class beginning today both at uh south park avenue which i just want to point out it's kind of fun that as a church our office is at south park you know um and also we have the youth info meeting uh, right after this which is also a really cool celebratory thing as we transition as a as a church and then again the members meeting coming up in two weeks so i didn't give all the details i didn't re communicate all but go online if you're l- listening on podcast, the one person who does that um no, but anyone else uh, just again, those are important things, so if you miss that go to the website, check that stuff out. All right. So this morning, it's kind of fun. We get back into Ephesians. We took a break last week, a really celebratory time throughout, um, throughout Holy Week. Every, just a really celebratory time for us as a church and, um, hopefully a shaping thing for us, right, that we can say happy Easter, um, even after, right, because the resurrection of Jesus defines everything, all of life, all year long. So, um, now, though, as we get back into our time in Ephesians, where we've been for a number of months and will be for a number of more months, um, just a kind of a recap, a reminder of where we are is that we've seen that, that God is shaping a community of people who are formed and informed by the fact that Jesus rules over everything. Everything seen and unseen is under the authority and headship and rule and reign of Jesus, and so specifically, what we see, Amen. Now nah, we can, Amen. We're an interactive church here, by the way. Amen means I agree. I'm, 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 I'm tracking with you. I strongly encourage that. Some Amens. Um, but, but, but this morning, what we'll see in Ephesians chapter two, verses um eight through ten, is that is that to be a person of faith or to have faith, which is like a transfer of trust, of complete and total surrender in Jesus, is, is that you um, have that faith by God's grace alone, and it's for the good works that God has prepared beforehand. All right, so that's what we'll see as we walk through these three verses together. Let's, let's go ahead and pray as we uh, get into God's word together. Again, Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Um, even I, just the fact that I feel much better this week, I don't want to take that for, for granted. And even take this moment, Lord, to pray for those within our congregation, within our church, um, and those that are dear to our hearts, Lord, who are, who are hurting. Um, everywhere from a, a common cold to a flu to a sore aching b- b- back, I know in different, different people and also all the way to, to some, some serious illnesses and um, everywhere in between. Lord, we, we, we want to pray for those who are, who are hurting right now. Um, Lord, we pray that your good news, Jesus, um, Lord, that grace... Uh, that, that saves us uh, by your undeserved favor and then the good works that you've called us into and created us for in Christ Jesus. Lord, we pray that will shape how we love our neighbor, how we live our lives, and how we interact with one another, uh, and, and ultimately how we relate with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's, uh, let's get right into it here in Ephesians 2. Meet me in verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is really important to understand the origin of our faith. Again, if you're a person of faith in here, if you have a relationship with God, through faith in Jesus. Um, it's been kind of phrased, there are three little, three kind of points you can understand that, that it is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone. And there's actually two more um, according to the, the scriptures alone. But, but those three, just to really understand that, that, that by God's grace is undeserved favor um, through faith, a transfer of trust from self to, to Christ um, and through Christ alone. And, and, and yet often how we live our lives is we don't we don 't tap back into the origin, the very beginning, and so these three verses that we read here together is to is to drill into our hearts and into our community that what it means to be a Christian is that we are all here recipients of God's initiative of God's movement of God's activity in our lives that this is something that he has done again grace is a really like multifaceted word sometimes you hear little phrases which is um grace is God giving what you and I don't deserve and then mercy is God um are not giving you what you do deserve, and these different things. But, but honestly, that can be helpful to understand these things, but they're in the Hebrew, as is often the case, they're, and the Greek, they're really bigger, fuller words than we could just limit down to like a little uh, a sentence. Okay, that grace, in, in um, some, one, one pastor actually described it, and this is helpful as well, is that grace is God's desire and his ability to give life to people who are otherwise dead. Okay, so again, that's where you can see where just a a neat little sentence doesn't fully get that idea that it's not only God's disposition, his desire to give life, but it's also his ability to make good, to deliver on what he sets out to do. And so, so grace is God saying, My people, my creation, have turned away from me, okay? That God created us to reflect him, to have relationship with him, to have all of life flow out of who he is and his character. And then the result of sin, turning away from him, as we're told in Romans, the wages of sin, or the consequent, is death. And so grace is God looking on death, on you and I, apart from him, dead, and him saying, I I want to give life and I will give life, and I can accomplish it, and him doing that through the finished work of Jesus. Okay, so that's, that's the beginning. God gives life, God's grace alone, and then it goes on and continues in, in further in verse eight, um, saying that for by grace you have been saved through faith. Okay, so grace comes through faith, but then there's this next part that really informs both the grace and the faith, it says, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. And the this is, and I don't want to get into all, and I don't even want to pretend like I understand Greek more than I actually do. But as I've really dug into it and read into it and read really smart people who do know Greek, um, and I know how to read those people, so that's kind of where I fall into it. But, but, but in, in being able to understand the, the points is that is it that, that, that word, and this, is, is referring both to the grace and the faith. And, and a lot of really smart, godly people have kind of argued over that for thousands of years. But, but as I understand it and break down the, the Greek even specifically, the Greek form, that that word um, this and this, or in some translations it says, and that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, is referring to the whole, to both those words that come before it, to the grace and the faith. And so what this, why this is incredibly important, right? I don't want to go like, nerdy seminary on us and try to just go over all our heads. The, the really important practical implication of this is this, is that, is that we often think, and we don't usually say it this way, but we break it down as though, as though it's like God's grace is enough, God's grace is sufficient, we sing these things, God's grace, and, and yet we think it's as though it's like God's grace is like 90% of the relationship, and, and then, but, but my faith kind of gets it going. Right? And we've talked about this, and there are deep theological implications here, which we could talk elsewhere and dive into, and it's why it's important to really press into some of these things. But again, for our sake here, even the origin of our faith is a gift of God, not by works, not something that we bring to the table. And what's important is that, as we'll get into in a moment, is because as we now take our faith and live from there on out, often it comes back, our tendency, as we've been told, is naval. Gazers, right, like navel, to like look at ourselves, to turn our eyes away from God and at ourselves, and that's where sin entered into the world, and our tendency, even after putting our, our faith in Jesus, is now to go and to continue to, to look uh, back at ourselves, to focus back on us, and the tendency is to think, well, if my faith if faith was my doing, if I mustered it up and started this relationship with God, and then his grace kind of took it from there, at some point, maybe I wander away from his grace and it comes back to me and and so this christian life this 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 fight with sin that i 've struggled with for so long, this this you know character issue or this relationship that 's so difficult it, we start to think back to, well, I just need to strong arm it. I need to grit my teeth. I need to pull myself up by my bootstraps and continue to get through it. But going back to the very beginning of our faith is to understand, hear me now, look at me, is it never started with you and your effort? It's not 90% grace. It's 100% God stepping in and doing what you and I could never do on our own. Amen? Amen. And that is incredibly good news and incredibly helpful because now further down the road, it means we look back and we remember, oh yeah, this started with God? As one author, Tim Keller, says, the gospel or God's activity, God's work is not the ABCs of the Christian faith, but the A to Z. Okay, or or he also paints this really helpful picture of like the hub of a wheel. It's not like the first couple of steps on a staircase, but instead God's grace, God's activity, God's initiative, God's oversight of our faith in him is the very center that you could never take away, right? You never get away from it. Okay, so God's grace stepping in his undeserved favor, his initiative, his activity is the origin, the foundation, and the sustaining hope of our faith. And then in verse 9, it continues on there where we see this further fleshed out. It says, right, this is the gift of God, not a, res- not a result of works, so that no one may boast. All right, let me just say there for a moment, because sometimes in, in, the, in, in the Christian church, um, humility is treated like an option, right, like an extracurricular act. Like, yeah, I don't know. I might take that. I'm not going to really take that class. I don't really need that. Some people have different personalities. Yeah, you're you're maybe more prone to humility. But I mean, I've got a lot going on, so it's really hard for me to be humble. So, you know, or we we treat it like that. Um, And that's when we read something like this, you see, no, humility is is not an option if you're a follower of Jesus okay, if, if you, and yes, we all will struggle, I don't want to give, but yes, it's like anyone who says, oh, I've got humility, I've nailed it. Like I know Moses said, like the most humble man who ever lived, you know, is a, a pretty good sign that you need to continue to grow in huma- humility if you are really proud of your huma- humility. <laughs> but, but, right, so we all need to continue to grow in this. But, but as we see here, um, it's not something that that we can. If if you don't get humility, or if it's just something that you're like, ah, it's not really my cup of tea. I'm not that into it. Then, then I would submit to you and challenge you. Then 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 you really are misunderstanding the gospel. Then, then then you and I need to really ask ourselves: Do I really understand? If the time of confession is a massive struggle because you don't really understand, like if you think what's Candidly, this has been something, especially in my youth, that I remember if you have like you would never say it, but it's kind of there that like God's really lucky to have me. (laughs) You know, or if you kind of just tend to think, like, man, I've really, I've really kind of I'm a really good person. Like, you know, like the, the 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 Pharisee who's praying, if you remember, Jesus kind of told this story, and this one person's like, Thank God I'm not like this person or that person. You know, if that's like if that's your disposition. Like, you should be warned, okay? Because that's not an evidence of understanding that that by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Okay, so so I I pray that the the Spirit would actually lead us as a people, that, that we as Redemption Tucson and that his church in general, God's people, that the first word, right, that when you hear, often you'll hear people say, oh, hypocrite, is the first word that comes to mind when they think Christians. And let's be honest, sadly, like, we've earned that in a lot of cases in our own lives and certainly historically throughout church history. That's been the case, right, oppressing the most vulnerable and marginalized. And in so many cases, the church has been, been, been proponents of, of that, of a lack of humility We need to repent of that and acknowledge that and, and Lord willing, grow as his people in in being the first to be humble. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't stand on the truth, that we don't, you know, say, no, this is what God's word says. We're told that that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the cross, will be a stumbling block to some and will be offensive to others. And that's true, too, okay? We, We need to not just go to... Like, oh, let us all get along i don 't want to hurt anyone 's feelings. There are times when the good news of Jesus the cross, we will be called to stand on truth, and that will be offensive to some. okay, We need to understand that, but but we need to not like help people in turning away from from and turning their ears off to the gospel because we're really offensive, and our lack of humility is probably the biggest um, reason for that in a lot of cases and then it continues on now in verse ten and there's a massive, massive transition here. And let me just acknowledge that a lot of us tend to stop at verses eight and nine. In fact, probably even many in this room I know could probably just recite Ephesians chapter two verses eight and nine, just it rolls right off the tongue, and then we're like, oh yeah, and there's this other part, verse 10, and kind of maybe like kind of fade out. What'd you say? What are, you know, and, 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 and I think that's incredibly important, and it's reflective of this struggle, as I talked about. A lot of times we talk about grace, right, only in terms of kind of intellectual, philosophical, um, and if some of you guys know these words, justification language of God's grace reconciles me to God. I get forgiven, right? It's some to be kind of trite, like a get out of hell free card, or God's grace, his undeserved favor is saying, okay, now you go from being an an agent of wrath or a recipient of God's judgment through faith in Jesus, now you're no longer that, now you're forgiven, and that's grace. And we just think about it up there, or again, we think of it as the ABCs, and then we graduate from that, we move on, and we fail to see the direct relationship with our everyday lives which is the fact that, okay, cliffhanger, right? Pick up now in verse 10. This is, or verse nine, not a result of work so that no one may boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Right? Anytime you come up with a for or a therefore or any kind of you need to understand, well, what's, there's got to be a connection point here. There's got to be a relationship. And the fact is this, Kay, that, they, they, it is that you are a Christian. You have life. You've gone from death to life by God's grace alone, right? We've hopefully established that and drilled that in. And it's in order that we can now walk in the good works that God has created us for in Christ Jesus to live out in our everyday lives. And so when you and I struggle to have motivation in our Christian lives, when we struggle again with sin, like Paul says in Romans 7, you know, a wretched man that I am, the things I want to do, I don't do, the things I don't want to do, I do. And, 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 and if you've walked with Jesus long enough, you've experienced that kind of frustration and that tear. And, and let me not oversimplify it, but submit to us that it's likely directly connected to the fact that we distance God's grace from the good works he's called us to live out of every day. That we struggle in that because we've now we've severed it from his grace, but as we see here, oh, it's, it's the fact that his grace is poured out on us for a reason, and it's so that we might live out the good works that he has created us, right, look for there in the second part of verse 10, created in Christ Jesus for good works, for we are his workmanship. How often do you think of your Christian life, your Christian faith, a- as being the fact that God, right, we, that God created you anew in Christ Jesus with a purpose, right? If you were to see an animal that was created to do something not living out that function, right? Or 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 a plant, right? Say you saw whatever, an, an, an apple tree with like, you know, I don't know. I know nothing about agriculture, so I'm in Elliot. No, you know, an apple tree with like, I don't know, figs. There you go. Or something even, I don't know, with like asparagus or something that grows out of the ground and is now like dangling from a tree. It'd be like what are you doing? You know that's not a you, that wouldn't happen, right? I know science like that's not going to just happen, but still, like just just kind of further helped the stereotype of Christians knowing nothing about science. But uh, <laughs> it's not all of us. We have a science professor in the room and others. Um, but 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 in all in all seriousness, but that's. Like, right, God created things with a purpose. In the very beginning, the, the sun rising, right, the sun setting, the stars that are in the sky that for thousands of years have given people direction on where to go, and the depths of the sea, and all the animal life, and the plant life, and all these different things, right, with their form and function, which ultimately is to reflect God's glory, his power, his creativity, his splendor, all these things. And then we talk about when sin entered in, that, that was distortion and it affected even the whole created order, the whole created world. That's why, right, like plants will sprout up and die and, and, there's, and we work them and it's hard and, and it's difficult and all this stuff. Well, all that same idea that we can appreciate with the creation, we need to now apply to our lives right? How we live, how we relate with others, how we, how we go through everyday life, every kind of relationship, every kind of function, is understanding that if you have faith in Jesus, it's not just an intellectual ascent and kind of a, a, a kind of courtroom transfer. There's, there's a purpose. There's a created design, and it's so that you and I can live as God's workmanship, Okay, to reflect his glory. Let's, let's go back to where we were a couple of weeks ago in verses 5 through 7 of chapter 2. And we'll have it up here on the screen um, because it, it, it really kind of paints this picture really well. So we'll just let God's word illustrate itself. Okay, verse 5. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then again, there's a a connecting word there in verse 7. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That whole section, that whole whole couple of verses there is a summary of that word, of that idea that we came across in verse 10 of God's workmanship. Okay, again, understand, like think of yourself as God's created purpose, God's created plan given to you, intricately designed, so that now you can be his workmanship, so that your obedience, okay, look at me, your, your fight against sin, your, your growth in loving your neighbor who otherwise would be really difficult to love, okay, your, your relationship with your spouse, with your kids, doing the right thing when no one's looking, right, how you go about your job, how you treat your employees, as an employee, how you relate with your employer, even when he or she doesn't deserve your respect or your honor. All these things, all the kind of details and nuances of the Christian life, right, that we can get bogged down in is the good works that God has created you for by rescuing, by rescuing you, by, by pouring out his grace, by saving you, by bringing you from death to life is now a life that is lived for God's glory as his workmanship. Right, if you've ever been here for a baptism service, we have one coming up in, sometime in the next month. Um, and um, so when you see that, right, what, what the, the person hears right before they're baptized is you are now baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus, buried with Christ, dead to sin, and alive again to new life in him. Okay, so the what now of the Christian faith, if you're new here, maybe you put your trust in Jesus just last week over Easter or, or you're exploring this faith you know, anew you, and you wonder, there's a lot of time of, well, what now? The what now is the good works that you have been created in Christ through faith in Jesus to now live out as God's workmanship. So my hope is that this, as we struggle, that this would help at least to kind of remove the burden, the weight the apparent disconnect from my life lived now in this struggle to the faith I, I have and have put in Jesus that is by God's grace alone through faith alone in Christ Jesus alone, that we would understand it's God's goodness, his, his initiative, his oversight, his work, his undeserved favor, okay, by grace alone, and it's for the good works that God has prepared beforehand. So now as we close, to kind of help this kind of hit a ground level, right, as we've, been, we've heard before, to go from the courtroom to the l- living room, so to speak, right, or to go from the from the theoretical to the street level everyday life. I'm going to read um, a, a quote here in, in, in a moment. It's a, it's a fairly long quote, and we'll have it up here on the screen. It's from a book that I've read. I've actually quoted before. It's by a woman um Gloria Furman, and it's a really helpful book, kind of a short commentary through Ephesians that she wrote called Alive in Him. And I think this really helps us understand these, these concepts on a really, really practical street level. So let's um, read along, or I'll read, you fo- follow along <laughs> um, this. okay? He explains this, this passage. By grace through faith we are saved. And by by grace, through faith, we walk in the good works God has prepared for us. The dark ways we followed and the death in which we lived are exchanged with this. Walking in light and good works that point to the fact that we are living out the reality of being saved by grace through faith. Through the gospel, hearts of flesh, replace hearts of stone as ancient prophecies come true. When God calls together his people, he says he, and then this is quoting Ezekiel, he says he will give them one heart. And so that even helps us understand it's not just individuals, but a whole community of people. Okay, he will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. How is it that former children of wrath... Could walk in a manner pleasing to the Lord. Okay, that's a massive question. How could we go again apart from apart from God? And this is sometimes not a popular idea. And this is one of those examples of 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 our faith being a stumbling block or being offensive. Apart from the the initiative and work and accomplished work, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we are dead. Okay, we hammered on that a couple weeks ago. We are dead. And so she asked this question, how is it? And we need to sit there for a moment. How could we go from being children of wrath to now walking in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord? That's a massive, a weighty question. And she goes on to say, what the Lord requires of us, okay, walking in a manner that is pleasing to him, to humbly walk in his ways, he supplies Remembering our resurrected status in Christ is both the foundation and the assurance of our fragile hearts. Of what we need when we feel we are powerless to please the Lord in our obedience to him. Okay, let me just read that to make sure we really get it again here. What the Lord requires of us to humbly walk in his ways, he supplies remembering our resurrected status in Christ. So right when we stand, we have our time of confession, and then we stand in the assurance of grace. That's weekly, the rhythm, time and time again, week in and week out, remembering we have sinned and offended a holy and righteous God. Okay, We don't just take that lightly. We sit, sometimes even awkwardly long, in that confession. And then we stand, remembering our resurrected identity, our resurrected status in Christ. It is both the foundation, okay, on which everything is built, the the foundation that everything else in your faith and your life is built upon, okay, your resurrected status in Christ, and the assurance of our fragile hearts, okay, it's okay, like, take a deep breath and recognize you're not the only one. If you feel the fragility of your own heart, if you've, you're you a youth, you're a student, and you feel like, man, I keep going back into what these friends that I know aren't good for me. I know that that mimicking these things, these practices, entering into this gossip or this this way of life that I know my parents raised me differently. I know I, 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 it's, it, I'm called to be a different person than this, but I keep going back week in and week out or day in and day out. And maybe like I was when you were, you know, when you're in junior high or high school, I remember times praying. My big thing I've shared before was like cussing. I had the worst mouth. I was a little, I was a small kid and I cussed like a sailor. It was probably a terrible sight for people to see. And I remember like honestly as I was growing in my faith, I was already a Christian and like really struggled with cussing for like 10 years after so it's not always quick and I remember at night like like strong just praying and even being like God tomorrow's gonna be different on the on the football field or in the hallway or whatever it's not gonna you know I'm not gonna do it tomorrow and then and then I remember just it coming out or whatever or sometimes there'd be that wrestle and that match and being so broken and struggling with again like Paul this sin which so easily ensnares me and I would feel that weight and and so the encouragement here as you again look at this again the assurance of our fragile hearts, what we need when we feel we are powerless to please the Lord and our obedience to Him is our new resurrected status in Christ. It's the foundation and the motivation. Okay, so as we now prepare to respond to this good news of Jesus, as we come forward, we take communion, as we sing songs about His good work and what He's done, okay, think about Ways in your life that you've struggled to have motivation. Ways that you've felt powerless and helpless and you've struggled to connect the dots for this life you're seeking and longing to live in obedience, the good works that God has called you into and created you for. Well, how do you do it? You remember God's grace. You go back to the very beginning of your faith. For it is by grace alone, through faith in Jesus alone, not by your works, even your faith, right, that you bring in to the relationship. Even that is a gift of God that he's poured out on you. So as we close, let us remember individually and communally that we are saved, we are called out, we are rescued by God's grace alone for good works that he has created us in Christ Jesus to walk out as he prepared for us beforehand. That's good news, amen? Let's respond to our good and gracious God. Again, Heavenly Father, thank you for the good news of Jesus. Lord, again, it's not the ABCs, but the A to Z. If there's anyone in here who's wondered what this Christian life looks like, who maybe feels like my own father has shared before, Like, can't fathom, you don't know what I've done, you don't know where I'm coming out of, how could God just simply forgive me? How could I go from being a child of wrath to now walking in obedience according to the good works God has called me to? How do I do that? God, we have to look no further and we can never stop wondering and looking at the glory of Jesus his grace, his death on the cross, his victorious resurrection, Lord, that through him and him alone now, we experience your grace and we have hope to live out the life you've called us into. Lord, I pray that we would respond to you now and that we would walk away from here incredibly encouraged and empowered by this good news of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.